there are numerous ways that you can see Machu Picchu. There are tours that you can do that take you walking up and down Inca steps, going through the Sun Gate. There, there's even a railway journey you can do to get to Aguas Calientes, which is a, the, the principal town at the bottom of the hill that has Machu Picchu. Or you can do what we've done and do the cheap alternative where you get a colectivo to the end of a railway line somewhere. You then walk along the railway line and you then stay at Aguas Calientes. You get up in the morning, you trek up to the steps, you trek up to Machu Picchu, you do a guided tour, you then go down the steps or get a bus, walk back along the railway tracks and then get a colectivo back to Cusco. Now, being on a budget, uh, we decided to go down that route. The, the Peruvian train, way too expensive for our liking. I think even nowadays, it's still something I would balk at as well. So we went for the cheap option. We'd already booked it in anyway, using the same guy that uh, we'd seen the Moray Circles and the other sites with. Now, this whole episode could be dedicated to Machu Picchu itself, but in fact, the journey getting to Machu Picchu or even Aguas Calientes in general was quite a, an achievement. There's a six or seven hour colectivo journey to a, a railway site, basically in, in the middle of the hills. From there, we disembarked. And from there, it was a simple case of walking the railway. Now, the great thing about walking the railway was that you were pretty much left alone on the tracks. You wouldn't get that anywhere else, I don't think, nowadays. But you also were surrounded by these crisp green valleys. And also, again, it's that river. It's the Urubamba. You're walking alongside the Urubamba River as well. Now, we were told as a little tease, as a very little tease, we were told that if you look hard enough, when you walk in from where we started to Aguas Galientes, that you could see Machu Picchu, if you're lucky. Uh, we kept looking, we kept looking, we had absolutely no idea. We were, spoiler alert, we did not see it uh, walking all the way to Aguas Galientes. But the train journey was cool. At some point, I must admit, we weren't expecting the train to go past, but we did hear a honk of the horn and had to quickly jump off the rails uh, in order to not be run over by the train. But that was a very pleasant journey. Uh, you, it was a, a wonderfully hot day. You're surrounded by all these, these forests, these hills, the river, the railway. Perfect. It reminds me of, um, I think it was Stand By Me, the film in the 80s, where they're sort of along the, uh, the rail tracks and bits and pieces like that. It just reminded me a little bit of, of that. Got into Agus Calientes. We stayed at um, a, little, a little hostel there. Wasn't anything to shout home about. The one thing that we were not looking forward to the following day was having to be woken up at half past four in order to get to the bottom of the steps, in order to get to the bottom of the Inca steps uh, for, I believe it was five o'clock in the morning. Uh, we had to be at the Garadera Hiram Bingham at about five o'clock in the morning. Uh, Hiram Bingham being the person that is known for refinding or finding Machu Picchu. Very groggy start early in the morning. We'd only taken the basic things that we needed in, a, in our backpack. We headed down to the bridge with a hell of a lot of people <laughs> there as well. It started raining, which made, the slip, uh, which made the steps extra slippery, which didn't quite help. 
And it was a good job that we'd already been to Oyente Dambo because we'd experienced the, the size of Inca steps. You're not talking about your regular staircases that you and I would find nowadays. You're talking about massive blocks of stone and really you're almost lifting your knees over your head to, to, to move up to the next step. There's about 400, 500 steps, I believe, in order to get to the top. It took about an hour, if memory serves correctly. It took about an hour to get to the top. And we were there for about six o'clock in the morning. We then met up with our tour guide. And to a horror, to our absolute horror, it was misty. It was foggy. You could not see anything. You had absolutely no idea really where you were. The first thing the tour guide said to us in Machu Picchu, at uh, the entrance, the first thing he said, do not worry about the fog. I guarantee to you, it will clear up in a couple of hours. This fog was incredibly dense. Now we took his word for it. Uh, I think we were all thinking, you're talking a lot of crap, mate, but it's your full-time job. We will take your word for it. And that's what we did. We took the guy's word for it. The first hour and a half, we were taken into Machu Picchu itself. We got through the entrance, still can't see anything. And he sat us down on, I think it was a, a set of stone steps. And he was going through the history of the site. How it appeared, how it's there, why it's there. Was it used as a secret hideaway uh, for the old Inca leaders when the Spanish arrived? Why was it built? Was it a royal residence? There's a multitude of things that Machu Picchu could be there for. Not going to go into all of them in this podcast, just Wikipedia it. You'll, you'll come to your own conclusions, I think, in due course. And it got to about half seven. The fog is still there. Doesn't look very pleasant at all. It's drizzling a little bit too. So everyone's getting, that's that really fine, annoying rain. So everyone's getting a little bit wet. Everyone's getting a bit cheesed off. Out of nowhere, we're growing a little bit impatient. The group's getting a little bit impatient. Even the tour guy's getting a little bit impatient. Out of nowhere the fog starts to lift. In the background, you can see the fog getting lighter because you can see that the sun is trying its very best to peer through. Five minutes later, the clouds are gone. The mist is gone. The fog, gone. We were left with sun. But the magical thing was what appeared directly in front of all of our eyes. There it was. Machu Picchu in its finest glory you can imagine. The sun beating off the stone, shining a light down onto this exquisite royal village nestled high up in the mountains of Peru. I know that we say there's going to be times in life where you just don't forget those moments. This is one of those moments. What greeted us when the fog had gone was, I can only describe it as 10 out of 10. There's no words that I can describe or use that will do the site justice. The guided tour for the rest of the day was wonderful. The guide took us around all the various buildings that we could think of. He was showing us, again, the stonework. We saw the Plaza Principal, uh, the Cementerio. We also saw terrace farming that was going straight down onto the hills, into the valley, which was nuts to say the least you take a wrong step off of that terrace farm you're toast you're going to be a few thousand feet below 
lying in the river Urubamba. We also saw the Temple of the Three Windows. We also saw Juana Pichu, which is an even higher bit, um, just at the end of Machu Picchu. We did have the option to possibly walk that, but we decided against it, given the fact that it had been raining that morning. Juana Picchu is famous because that is where the Temple of De La Luna and Machu Picchu, the uh, Temple of the Moon, is. And the guide also pointed out to us various aspects of um, you know, the Sun Gate and the famous Inca Steps and the Inca Trail that you could go down in order to get to Machu Picchu. And this is how the, the Incas would have probably done it back in the day. There was loads of alpacas, a few llamas lying around as well. They, they look quite happy to be there. We also learned a lot about their fascination with, with the sun in the El Templo del Sol, the sun temple. The, the Incas, and we found out to a later date, the Aztecs, Maya, etc., had this, not fascination with the sun as such, but this, they, well, okay, maybe fascination is the right word, but the, the, the astrology that they were able to create uh, to come to come out with based on the sun, its positioning, etc. was, yeah, uh, just ridiculously awesome. Uh, I'm going to take back what I just said about fascination. I think fascination is the right word because I think the Incas, the Incans did have a sun god. So, yeah, ignore what I just said about fascination. But in short, Machu Picchu, the whole, the whole site was phenomenal. Is it one of the best things I've ever seen in my life? It's up there. I wouldn't say it is hands down the best. I think what really helps its cause is the location. It is nestled in the hill in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. And it is an extraordinary sight, to say the least. We also made sure to look over to the valley to understand where we could possibly see Machu Picchu on the way back. We made it our mission, we made it our aim on the way back to try and see the slopes of Machu Picchu from, from the valley itself. It was just after lunch. We knew that we still had an eight to 10 kilometer walk back along the railway tracks. We knew that we had to be back at the pickup point uh, pretty much at about six o'clock, I think it was. That's what we needed to do. So that's what we done. We, rather than walk down the steps, again, it had been raining, we decided to be a little bit lazy uh, and we took the bus down. But also by doing that, it allowed us more time at Machu Picchu itself. Could have stayed there all day, really. It was just that mind-boggling a sight. The trip along the tracks on the way back was entertaining. There was a, a lot of the time, it was a, a case of one foot in front of the other. Uh, you know when you just, you've been walking a long, long time, it's just one foot in front of the other. You're not thinking too much. It's just you're tired. You're cracking on with it. We did, however, we did manage to see Machu Picchu from the Urubamba River and the railway lines. We looked up. We knew where we were meant to look up. You're not able to see all of it, of course, but we could definitely make out the, the slopes. We could definitely make out, you know, where, where the site was because we saw some of the terrace farming and we saw a couple of the stone structures as well, uh, possibly the Templo de las Tres Ventanas, uh, Temple of the Three Windows. I believe that's right on the edge of the site as well. In typical Peruvian fashion, we got back to the checkpoint where we were meant to be picked up after nearly being run over by a train again. And it was a bit, uh, it was a bit madness. 
down at the site and the mini, the mini bus didn't even turn up for another hour which annoyed us because you know we could have spent another hour uh, moping along the tracks or at least up in Machu Picchu and the journey back was long winding it was tiresome the great advantage of the journey back the bus journey between Cusco and where we were picked up it is the scenery was absolutely divine again it was almost like death road style you were quite high up uh, it was a gravelly stony road there was hardly any crash barriers or anything like that so if something happened with the driver you were pretty much everyone was dead pretty much you'd be flying off that cliff before you know it uh, uh, I, I decided to sit next to the window uh, on the way back to uh, allow Aaron not to look out the window uh, for his own sanity and not being a big fan of heights. It's probably the best night's sleep I've ever had. That night getting back to Cusco, bear in mind we'd been up since about half past four. I think we got back about 10 o'clock and you know our time in Cusco had come to an end. We'd seen a hell of a lot of Inca things. We are grateful that we'd seen the mores, uh, the Allende Dambo, you know, Machu Picchu itself. We saw Juana Picchu. We done a lot of, you know, learning a lot of, you know, a lot of fun things in and around the city. Uh, but when we got back, the the journey would, for both of us, the journey would end there. Uh, reason being that Aaron uh, was called back home for uh, what turned out in the end to be a family bereavement. Uh, he made the decision to fly back home uh, that possibly would have been that evening or it might have been the following morning, very early in the morning uh, when we'd uh, got up. He made the decision to fly back to England. So therefore, I'd be on my own for uh, a few weeks time. I'd have no real idea of where I needed to go. I tell a lie. Uh, we did have a bus journey booked in from Lima up to Colombia so we agreed that we'd meet again in a few weeks time we agreed that we would meet in the wonderful city of Cartagena up in the uh, north coast of Colombia that's where we'd meet Aaron flew off and then for me it was deciding what to do next now join us next week where I head off into the butt end of Peru hasta luego